0: What's up, Wizards fans, and welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio, and we have a very special guest today, a guy who knows this team about as well as anybody. That would be Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Chris, thanks for taking the time. No problem, Jackson. Thanks for having me, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We wanna we wanna talk a lot about the second half here today, but let's start recapping a little bit of All Star. I think it was a really it was a fun weekend. Looking back on it, it was a good weekend for the league. It was uh, a good exposure weekend for the Wizards. I, I think you look over the last few years, and the interest level in this weekend for NBA fans had really taken a hit. But this one, this felt like a rebound. Uh, we'll start with. Rising Stars on Friday night. We're not going to break down too much of the basketball for obvious reasons. That game is more of a back and forth showcase of just some of the young, fun talent in the league. But we had Rui Hachimura and Mo Wagner participating. Uh, really good exposure for those guys. What, what did you see out of them that was uh, interesting or exciting?
1: You know, I would agree with you, Jackson, in terms of the exposure. I mean, obviously, Rui Hachimura is an international talent. Mo Wagner from Germany, he's an international talent to get those young players on a platform like that was obviously great for the the player it was also great for the wizards as you said you know to have three representatives in all-star weekend we could argue and debate there should have been four uh, we'll get to that in a moment but to have three of these young players out there like that for the you know the rising stars game you know the way rui was playing early on i thought he was going for mvp i mean he had multiple dunks uh, on, on leakouts outs and What I thought was kind of funny was just the way that Mo Wagner plays is kind of not conducive to all-star games because he plays hard all the time and he's wanting to take charges and he's wanting to play like he would play in a regular season game. And guys weren't really accustomed to that. So it it was funny just to see how some of the other players were kind of reacting to Mo. And I'm like, I wouldn't expect him to play any other way. Great exposure, again, for the kids to get out there and, and to put on a show. And, and the end result was what it was. But for those guys to go out there and showcase who they are um, bodes well, I think, for this, this organization moving forward.
0: Yeah, and I think you look at the international aspect of it. This league, it, not that it's ever struggled to be a global league, but over the last 10 years or so, it, it continues to get better. And the fact that uh, it, it's not just a collection of veterans, you know, as, as we lose some of them, as Dirk retires and, and other players of, of that like it's it's so cool to see uh younger players coming in from across the country not just you know from the wizards you know, japan germany of course but uh you know there's there's a canadian presence um that you know and you saw all of it on on friday night so that was very cool and then all-star saturday of course uh skills competition is the table setter bam out of bio wins that one uh and then it was time for the three-point shootout you know we had Davis Bertans in that one who it took him a couple racks to get going but once he did he put on a 26 point performance in the first round and moved on to the second and final round uh you know, buddy Heald goes on to win that in an exciting uh last couple rack comeback that put him over devin booker um what did you see out of davis
1: well he was clearly the odds on favor i think for all of us here in the dmv to go and and, and what it just because what we've been able to see through the first half of the season, how he can just get hot at a moment's notice. And towards the end of that first round, when he started really getting hot again, I think you said hitting 10 of his last 11, you know, to score 26, you're thinking him going into the finals, he would be the favorite. But uh, as, as he said to me afterwards, you know. He, it's cool to be a part of it but the best part of the weekend for him was to have his wife and daughter there to spend time with him because you know as he said you know it's going to be probably difficult for him to ever make that Sunday game but you know you never know right but to at least be there for the weekend and to celebrate it with his family that's really what it was all about but he's so competitive you know you you knew that I knew he was going to at least make it to the finals and then after that you know it's just who gets hot but it was a really cool showing for him, and clearly finishing third uh, is is nothing to be upset about.
0: No, I think you could tell he was excited. It was a really fun night for everybody involved. And then shortly thereafter, uh, the dunk contest, which was as exciting as ever, as controversial as ever. What was your takeaway from that result? Well, I feel for Aaron Gordon. I feel like <laughs> this
1: guy should at least have two slam dunk trophies. Uh, the 2016 contest in Toronto, I was there and saw that one between him and Zach Levine, I thought that was really the best one I've ever seen even better than the 88 dunk contest between Jordan and Dominique, but you know, this one was right up there, I mean, some of the dunks these guys were pulling off, and then the fact that, you know, Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall, that's you know, 7-5, and you're just like and it wasn't even like something he practiced, it was literally just they had a moment's notice um, doing that, but I thought it should have been a tie, at least. I mean, Aaron Gordon had five dunks where he got 50s. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened. It was just a remarkable event. Just to see the athleticism, but give credit to Derek Jones Jr. He was up for the task,
0: too. Yeah, and there's so many guys that show up to All-Star Weekend, and they don't mail it in, but they're not bringing... 10 out of 10 level of competition to it and you can tell Aaron Gordon genuinely cares about that competition and badly wants one of those trophies so you do and it's not to take anything away from Derek Jones Jr. or his dunks or anything like that but it it at, at the least it should have been a tie in my opinion but nonetheless extremely entertaining uh and a, another good night for the league but I, I think when you look from a league perspective the pinnacle of the weekend was the I guess you can't even say 12 minutes to close uh, the All-Star game the next night. is However long it went, I think it was 40-plus minutes of real time, but it was 40-plus minutes of just incredibly exciting basketball. Talking, of course, the end of the All-Star game itself, the league implemented a set of new rules where uh, the score of the team leading at the end of the third quarter uh, set a target score uh, this year, obviously, to honor Kobe Bryant. That was 24 additional points that they would have to score to win, and that made for some incredibly competitive Exciting basketball between you know, at times the best players in the league, uh, just going back and forth head to head. What did you see there? Well, you know, it was
1: actually watching an NBA game, competitive at its highest level, with guys again taking charges, guys really locking in defensively, and that's stuff. That I think has been the the complaint of fans and media types for years. When you look at these All Star games, is you know, is anybody going to guard anybody? And you know, not to mention. You know there was some money on the line for some organizations in Chicago to help kids, and I think that just added another layer to the competition because clearly you're helping kids is a uh, it's a great initiative by the league, and obviously the players knew how important that was. But to get to that fourth quarter where it was commercial free and it's just hoop, right? You're just trying to get to that score, and you know for Cal Lowry to foul Anthony Davis, <laughs> it was just like typical Cal Lowry, you know, he was just guarding. And you know, Eddie missed the first one, but made the second one, which ultimately got them to that 24 points. Uh, It was a great, great night. Uh, Obviously, before the game even started, I thought Jennifer Hudson singing you know that tribute to Kobe was amazing. And Common to me is one of my favorite rappers. And for him to like rap guys starting a line, that was probably the coolest thing on the whole weekend it would be cool just to have common like do like a wizard's intro one time just to see how fun that would be him rapping like bradley beal and john wall's name and all the rest of the guys so yeah it was a fun night um the league was i know they were satisfied the ratings were up seven percent from the year before so i think it was just a win-win for everybody involved all weekend
0: yeah I, i would agree uh let's transition a little bit to the second half we've had some days off uh, we are recording this on Thursday, Friday night. The Wizards will get back at it, hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so, looking back at the first half, it was—I feel like it was tough to get a read on this team. There are so many injuries and lineup changes. Uh, you know, the organization having to dig down into you know their G League depths to to fill out the roster on some nights. Um, injuries to key names, young players, a little bit of everything. Um, at this point, what do we know about this Wizards team?
1: I think we know that. On most nights, yes, there's been a couple of them where they were not competitive, but for the most part, every night you're going to get these guys competing for 48 minutes. I think what you're seeing from these young players is from when the start of the season to where we are right now, I think all of them have gotten better. They've all developed in some way, shape, or fashion. I think Bradley Beal is clearly, with John, the two faces of this organization. And this guy has taken his game to an era, even higher level, averaging 29.1 points per game. Uh, that's the highest average of anybody ever in the NBA, not to make an all-star game. I'm not going to bring up the all-star game snub anymore. I'll just <laughs> that he should have been there. Um, I think the coaching staff has done a really good job of developing these, these young players. Again, the organization made it very clear before the season started that uh, this was a reset, um, with John being out, and, you know, what they have done is I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule. If you ask me what Tommy Shepard and the basketball ops have done is they've put these young young players in positions to succeed. And as you said, you know, they've had to tap into the G League. They had to make a couple of moves. Um, I love the, you know, Jordan Jerome Robinson pickup. I really like Shabazz Napier down the stretch. So those two guys I think are going to figure into some rotational minutes. And with Robinson on his rookie deal, he'll be back next year for a guy like Shabazz Zapier. He's auditioning for a job next year as well.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Brad and, and how well he played over the first half of the season. It, some of the best basketball of his career. His shooting numbers aren't you know where they've been in prior years. I think a lot of that is just a product of his usage and how much the team is depending on him and how much attention he's getting from opposing defenses. Uh, but, I mean, he's averaging career highs and points and assists per game. Do you see room for improvement with him? Is there a place he can take it higher in, in the second half of the season, or is improvement from the wizard's standpoint going to be dependent on you know, the surrounding cast around Brad elevating their games?
1: I think for Brad, the sky is the limit. I think he's just really just kind of tapping his potential uh, on both ends of the floor. You know, where I'd like to see him is, you know, there was a time a couple of years ago, I just wanted Brad to take twenty shots. I thought he was such a great shooter to take twenty. He's doing that. Uh, I wanted Brad to... to, He's always been a good rebounder for his position, so that wasn't an issue. I wanted him to be a better facilitator. He's done that. What I'd like to see Brad now become is that real legitimate two-way player where he takes the responsibility of guarding the best player also. It's a huge responsibility, but I think his game and his DNA as a player, I think he can take it to that next level. So there's still a lot of room for improvement for him he's closing games out you know, getting a game winning shot before the all-star break and it was, I think it was important for him um, you know, all of these things are just going to help the team too if Brad is at his best he's good enough to bring others with him uh, you can't win a championship by yourself you can't make the playoffs by yourself but I think if you're one of the best players and you're leading guys like Thomas Bryant and Rory Hachimura and you know, Mo Wagner and all these younger players who are getting better Brad has got to be at the center of that, and I think he did that in the first
0: half. Yeah, and he talks a lot about the idea of leadership and what he needs to bring on a night-by-night basis and leading by example and not just uh, you know in you know the way he speaks. Um, his competitive spirit is never one to be questioned. He brings it every night, and I think that, that stretch to close out the first half of the season where he was averaging, I don't have the number in front of me, but it was 35-plus points a game over the course of eight or so games it was he he took it to another level and with that the team rose with him wizards finished five and two in the last seven before the break it'll be interesting to see if they can carry some of that momentum over i think one of the biggest challenges they're going to face on on that front is the schedule of those seven games over the the last stretch before the break not a lot of playoff teams but you know the late february and march for the Wizards, it's tough. We got six back-to-backs, three road trips of three-plus games. Most of those you know, games are going to be against teams that are currently set to make the playoffs. What are, given the schedule, what are reasonable expectations for the Wizards going forward here? You know, I think the way that they ended the
1: first half, beating the teams that you know you're supposed to beat, again going five and two to close out the All-Star, All-Star break, I think that was really key for them. Um, it all really starts Friday what's your disposition going up against the Cleveland Cavaliers team that obviously is in flux with b being out? Um, their backcourt is not good defensively. Uh, the team is not playing well. So you have to take advantage of that. It's another home game. It's another opportunity to get better in front of the home folk. But as you said, this schedule is tough. Do you realize they play the Milwaukee Bucks three times in the final 29 games? I mean, the best team in basketball, you're going to see them three times. So as you said, that West Coast trip uh, is going to be tough, but, yeah, you know, I think the real key is just is, is managing the expectations. I think just taking care of that first game and then let everything else come to you. I think when we start thinking down the road, uh, that's when teams kind of get in trouble, especially when you're a young team. When you look at the schedule, I mean, you and I we can talk about it, but you know, the reality is, is these guys have to go out there and play it every night. Just it's so cliche, but really take the Cavaliers as like the next objective, and then you go to Chicago, and then you know you keep moving on from
0: there. Yeah. Well one of those three Milwaukee matchups that you mentioned is Monday night at Capital One Arena. So they will not have to wait long to get another look at, you know, as you said, the best team in basketball. Looking back at the first half, the Wizards have actually played pretty well when they go against some of the better teams in the league wins against the Celtics and the Nuggets, Miami, Philadelphia. Um, You know, as we mentioned, you know, down the stretch, three matchups with Milwaukee, the Lakers, Miami, Toronto, Houston, the, Wizards have a lot of good teams left on the schedule. What do you see from this team that allows them to elevate their game against the league's best?
1: Yeah, I just don't think they want to get embarrassed. I, I think I've said that for years. With this Wizards team, is when they play up to their level, when they play really good teams. You know, for the most part, you know, they show up because you know, again, there are some really good teams in this league, and they can embarrass you if, if they're on. And they're playing well. A team like Milwaukee, I think they've got the highest point differential. They've blown out everybody, really, this year. So if you don't come into that game focused, I mean, they can get you out of there pretty early. So I think just playing up to their competition, I think the the guys understanding who they're playing and, you know, coming out of the All-Star break, this is when playoff teams are starting to rev up. They're starting to get, you know— Getting into that mindset of getting close to the playoffs, so you're going to see the best version of a lot of these really good teams, I think, here in the second
0: half. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so to start the second half, the Wizards are, as it stands, three games out of the eight spot. It, you know, rumblings are starting around the Wizards fan base about whether or not a playoff push is reasonable. The team from the start of this season has preached development, and then whatever wins come with that, come with that. What do you think? Is a reasonable goal for this team in terms of that eight seed going forward over the next two months?
1: Well, the, our friends out west thought that they were going to win, I think, what, 28 and a half games before the season started? They're already at 20, so they're ahead of schedule in that aspect of it. I'm a firm believer of this. Listen, if you have an opportunity to make the playoffs, you go for it. I mean, the fan base has gone through a lot right this year, and I think the biggest reward for them is to actually see some games in the playoffs. and. I think it benefits young young players also, just to get the experience. I don't care if you're playing Milwaukee or if you're playing Toronto. I mean, just to get that experience, uh, I think would be invaluable next year when the expectations will be higher because John will be back. Um, they're three back now. Um, you know, a team like Brooklyn. You know, Kyrie might shut it down, which could, help, which could hurt Brooklyn. Orlando, teams like that. So if Washington continues to win these games, you know, again, it starts with Cleveland. Then if you go to Chicago, you won two in a row coming out of the break, and then whatever happens on Monday against Milwaukee, now you built yourself some momentum. But I think playing, making the playoffs, I think that's the most positive thing you can take out of a season in which nobody gave them a chance to do that.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Brooklyn. They're sitting in the seven spot. Orlando currently occupies the 8 you You'd think the Wizard would like to have one of those four losses against Orlando back. One, maybe two. Oh, that no makes question. a world of a no difference. That's, that's a tough break <laughs> on that front. No doubt, but if that's going to happen, you know, it, we mentioned Brad and how good he's been. There's going to have to be an elevation from some of the other guys around him. We mentioned how how much development has come from basically every young guy on this team. Whether it's Troy Brown Jr., Rui's been fantastic when he's on the court. Mo Wagner's proven himself to be uh, a viable piece with this team. Isak Bonga has been really good, and then obviously uh, Jerome Robinson coming over recently. What which players are you looking out for specifically? Uh, over the second half of their season in terms of, you know, taking more developmental steps.
1: Uh I think there's two guys. I think it it, it might concern like some position switching also. I, I think playing Thomas Bryant at the four I think it would be something that the Wizards will continue to try to do here in the second half to see if that could be something down the road that he could play. Also Rui Hachimura playing some three um, he's got the size. He can play four. But I think at that small four position, I think that that's where he probably ultimately will be uh, down the road. Uh, those two guys continue to develop. Got to get them healthy. It was good that Rui came back towards the end of that first half before they all start break to play. Uh, but Thomas Bryant has been dealing, with, obviously, with that foot. Uh, he went through practice uh, the other day before the Cleveland game, so hopefully he's close to coming back. I think those two guys – are front and center in my mind in terms of development, getting better, and potentially helping the Wizards make that push to the
0: playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we've had a week off. It's about time to get back to the basketball and uh, you know see how some of these storylines play out over the course of the next two months. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time, and we'll, we'll see you around the arena. No problem, Jackson. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Wizards fans. Well, as we mentioned, the Wizards will get back at it Friday night at home, 7 p.m., against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The first 5,000 fans in attendance will receive a Bradley Beal slap bracelet. Sunday on the road against the Bulls at 7 o'clock, and then back home Monday night on the second half of that back-to-back against uh, the league-leading Milwaukee Bucks. The Capital City go-go this weekend are away for a back-to-back with the Greensboro Swarm. Both of those games will tip at 7 and then home next weekend on Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. against Maine. All right, thanks, Wizards trans. We will check in again next week.